Next on BYU Sports Nation, Las Vegas primetime for BYU football. But annually? We're not talking about the Vegas Bowl. Stephen Godfrey of SB Nation will join us live to expound on his idea that BYU could play every year in the brand new Las Vegas Raiders Stadium. Plus, we go between the lines with track and field, and we've got the fastest man on campus in the house, Olympian Tatenda Sumba. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, April 11th. Wherever and however you're dialing, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, once again teamed up with Jason Shepard, who, oh, by the way, happens to be the slowest man on campus. Hey, you don't need to broadcast that. <laughs> <laughs> What's your 40 time, Jason? Um, again, it's like the velocity with the baseball. It's not important. It's whether you cross the finish line that matters. Oh, okay, whether you can compete and not make an absolute idiot of yourself. Can we go back to that two shot of us for just a quick second? Okay, like, okay. Wh- like, I realize you are taller than me, but mm-hmm. when we're sitting down, mm-hmm. is your seat raised up higher than mine? I have no, Do you want me to slouch down? I don't know. I'm afraid that if I push this button, I'm going to fall. You will fall down. Yeah, I'm just going to have to leave it. But... Okay, you want me to slouch down? <laughs> Please. Would you mind doing that? So you that can look for the down next... on me? Will you completely contort your body for the next hour so that we look like yeah. we're the yeah. same? Yeah, nope. I won't do that. I will not do that. However, we can adjust seats during the next commercial break. So Done. Why, why don't we do that? Done. With your speed. With all that speed, yes. Jason. Yes. I think that we can make that happen in a two-minute break. <laughs> I think so. We are full of announcements this week, by the way. So let's roll it out. BYU TV will televise the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation men's volleyball quarterfinals. BYU and Stanford on Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, Jerem Jordan, Steve Vale, Lauren Frankham on the call. The winner advances to the MPSF Final Four. The Cougars looking to bolster their NCAA tournament resume. Six teams get in right now. BYU seems like a lock. They should probably beat Stanford to feel extra confident. This is a top-ten showdown when you look at the national rankings. The third-ranked Cougars hosting the ninth-ranked Cardinal. Not only is it going to be a good matchup, but we know how loud and crazy the Smith Fieldhouse gets for just a regular season game. First or second match of the year, and it's insane. I love the fact that we get to televise a playoff game, a postseason tournament game, and be able to feel that atmosphere, that's going to be electric coming up on Saturday. hypothetically speaking, if Long Beach State loses their quarterfinal, which they won't, but if they lose their quarterfinal and BYU wins, then the Cougars would be next in line to host Mm -hmm. the remainder of the MPSF tournament. But again, 99% sure that Long Beach will be hosting the Final Four in. BYU will then have to travel. But here's the good news. BYU unbeaten. Unbeaten in Federation play away from home. 7-0. Pretty good. That is really good. Looking forward to this on Saturday. This is going to be a lot of fun. Bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Hey, we talked a lot about game day for BYU men's volleyball on Saturday. It's game day for BYU baseball on Tuesdays. The Cougars travel to Utah Valley. Long road trip, all of like four four miles 
to face the Wolverines of Utah Valley. Jordan Wood will get to start for BYU. He was fantastic in uh, his last outing against Oregon. I thought he pitched really well. Yeah, he has pitched really well, and they, they certainly are looking for him to be that fourth starter for those midweek games. Head coach Mike Littlewood talked about the importance of playing in-state games just like the one the Cougars have today against Utah Valley. Well, bragging rights, in-state rights, uh, recruiting rights, I mean, all that stuff. Uh, if, if you don't think the Utah and Utah Valley series are important, then you probably shouldn't be doing this job. Hey, remind me, Jason, did BYU beat Utah earlier this year? Uh, they did, as a matter of fact. Okay. In Salt Lake City. Well, there you go. Yes. You can watch BYU or catch BYU at UVU on BYU Radio at 8 Eastern. Technically, you can watch your radio while you listen to it, but... I wouldn't, re- I wouldn't at, recommend doing that. You can stare at your radio while yeah. you listen to the game on BYU Radio. 22nd-ranked BYU softball team also taking on an in-state opponent today. They are on the road facing Southern Utah in Cedar City. The Cougars currently riding a six-game winning streak. New softball rankings come out today. We will see if BYU moves at all. BYU men's volleyball remains third in the latest AVCA coaches poll. They will host ninth-ranked Stanford in the MPSF quarterfinals this Saturday on BYU TV, as we just talked about. Assistant coach Lucas Slabe joined BYU Sports Nation yesterday and discussed the always interesting matchup with the Cardinal. It's going to be a dogfight. You know, it's playoffs, anything can happen. They know there's nothing to lose, so they'll come up here and just be tough. That's the danger of a game like this. Stanford knows that the expectation is go to Provo and lose because that's what teams do, right? So they can play with that added mental edge. BYU going to have to bring it and come at, come hard at the Cardinal with uh, with Ben Patch and the guys hopefully healthy after some extended rest. Well, and I mean, in that conversation that we had with, with Lucas Slabe yesterday, it, it certainly seems like they're well aware of the the mental advantage that that they could have if they come out and play strong right out of the gate. They they don't want to let this become a, you know, a a match. They want to be able to take care of business early knowing what you just said. I, I think that the the coaching staff is well aware of that and won't let the players worry about that. Check point. it out on Saturday, quarterfinal, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. How about this? BYU women's volleyball setter Aloe Robbins-Hardy has been selected to compete as part of the U.S. Women's Collegiate National Team Europe Tour. Robbins-Hardy is one of just 11 players selected for the CNT Europe squad and will compete in the 13th Annual European Global Challenge, which will be July 11th, through the 14th. Oh, and by the way, Alohi will join BYU Sports Nation coming up Friday right here in Studio B. Let's not forget that Alohi was the young lady as a freshman that came in out of nowhere during that magical run to the national championship to help out a banged-up Camry Godfrey as the true freshman setter working with Jen Hampson and Alexa Great. She was fabulous in a really, really important role during that run to the finals. Well, and there were four... Cougars that went to Team USA early March and tried out. And I'm really happy that there's going to be BYU representation out of that tryout coming up later this summer. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. To play in Vegas or not to play in Vegas? That is the question. I'm not sure what that accent was, <laughs> but whatever. I'm, I'm channeling my inner Animaniacs at that point. You know what that I'm talking about? That is the about? second Animaniacs yeah. reference in like a week. 
<laughs> we can never have enough of those. See, it was we mentioned Animaniacs in the breaks. You mentioned Hey Dougie yesterday yeah, in the break. Yeah, yeah, that's what we do, man. I like where you're going with that's this. That's what we do. We have kids in the house, and <laughs> cartoons are on all the time. Anyway, SB Nation Stephen Godfrey, and we reported this initially yesterday on BYU Sports Nation, put out an article talking about BYU potentially lining up an annual game at the new home of the Las Vegas Raiders, an NFL stadium, and cited the 2021 game against Arizona on September 4th of that year, and then said the following, that a Pac-12 athletic director said to him, this could be an annual thing for BYU. I, w- I wouldn't be shocked at all to see the Cougars line up something every year where they come and face either a Pac-12 or Mountain West Conference opponent. So we thought about that overnight, and yesterday we kind of gave you our thoughts that, well, yeah, no, duh, it makes, it makes perfect sense for BYU to do something like this. But then we really broke it down to look at the pros and cons of this. And before we get to that, our Twitter question. What are the pros and cons of BYU playing an annual football game in Las Vegas? We want to hear what you think. That's right. Our first tweet comes in from at uh, McKay underscore Allen. Pros everything, cons nothing. Really? Okay. Cons nothing. And that on the surface to me yesterday, yeah. I was like, I would agree with that. Look, look, I mean, they're coming up with the pros was very easy. Coming up with the cons, while there are some, you certainly had to think about them more. I think when it's all said and done, from the fan base, and I, I mean, I could be proven wrong, but I think the pros far outweigh whatever cons you can think of. Okay. For BYU playing in Las Vegas. So you're mostly with McKay underscore Allen. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe not to that extent. But <laughs> here, here's my here's where the, the con, the first possible con came up. As long as it doesn't cost BYU a home game. It never will. Tom Holmo will never allow that. It's, it's a no-brainer if you still get to have your six home games. It can't take the place of a game at Lavelle Word State. And I agree with you. I don't think Tom Holmo is going to do this no. if it's going to cost BYU a home They need the revenue. Game. They need six home games every year for the budget and for all the things that go along with it. But see, and you mentioned, you mentioned Tom Holmo. He has shown a willingness to get creative when putting together BYU schedules. This would certainly fall into that category. And if you think about it, there are a very select few programs that could have an annual game where you know you're going to have the majority of the fan base, and we're not talking 10,000, you're talking tens of thousands show up, and the game's taking place six hours away from your campus. The BYU-Arizona game to open up the 2016 season is absolutely one of the main reasons that this is a thing right now. Because of the 30,000-plus fans that BYU took to the University of Phoenix Stadium, this absolutely is a reality. It absolutely should be discussed as a potential reality. Absolutely, and that's why I say, I mean, there are, there are very few programs that could do this on an annual basis and have the turnout that you would expect for BYU doing something like this. Obviously, a pro-BYU crowd, the sixth largest alumni base in the United States, in the world really for that matter, for BYU happens to be in the Vegas metro area. Who doesn't want to play in an NFL stadium? And this is where ESPN comes into the mix. If they can say, hey, we're going to give you a quality game against BYU in an NFL stadium in Las Vegas where the opponent's fans are very willing to travel, 
because it's Las Vegas, who's not going to step up to that opportunity? Which is why, even though this Pac-12 athletic director that Stephen Godfrey is referencing, and we will ask Stephen Godfrey all about that interview in just a few moments coming up on BYU Sports Nation. But this is why I think that primarily it will be a Pac-12 opponent. This is a this has Power Five series written all over it. Yeah, and and it and it that's that's one of the that's one of the pros and could be one of the cons. If you're getting a P5 opponent in there, that is a big plus to be able to do something like this. Showcase game for college football Absolutely. every year. And, and, and you're getting you're helping RPI. You're doing all of those things. But if it turns out that you can't schedule P5 opponents, whether it's Pac-12, Big 12, whatever the case may be, if you're ending up year in and year out scheduling Mountain West teams, then, then I, I'm not sure long-term it's going to hold its appeal. That's not going to happen unless that Mountain West Conference team is Boise State, and that's not going to happen. The blue is too much of a draw for ESPN, as is Lavelle Edwards Stadium. That series will be played on the true home and away fields for the Broncos and Cougars, respectively. Here's what I don't want to happen, okay? This is what I do not want to happen, is that this game is somehow taken for granted. Like, it becomes just a, yeah, yeah, it's the annual Vegas game, whatever. If that is the case, then I think do it at least every other year to kind of keep the novelty involved. As long as fans won't take it for granted, but that's not for me to decide. And I want the only Mountain West Conference team that BYU plays in Raider Stadium to be UNLV because I think that it will be their home field to a degree. And so if BYU is going to play a Mountain West Conference team on the road in Vegas, I want it to be UNLV and nobody else. It's not going to be Boise State. And I don't like the idea of BYU matching up against any other Mountain West team in that stadium. Nor does, in my opinion, ESPN. They want a Power 5 opponent for BYU. No, but if it's Mountain West, don't you expect it to be UNLV and San Diego State? Yeah, I don't, think, I don't even think that San Diego State would draw because San Diego State does not have that fan base. Well, BYU's going to out, I mean, they're going to outnumber whatever fan base shows up for any Mountain West school. Well, I, I take that back. It would be close with Boise, but I still think ultimately BYU would have more. I just don't want it to become stale. Much more to come on this with Stephen Godfrey of SB Nation. What are the pros and cons of BYU playing an annual football game in Las Vegas? Send in your responses. Hashtag BYUSN. We'll also go between the lines with track and field. But first, the man who started this whole Vegas conversation. What's trending on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. And BYU Sports Nation is simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation jumping right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN whenever you feel like responding or replying or just tweeting at us random ideas and thoughts. We love it all. Bring it on. Game day for BYU baseball. The Cougars will jump out of conference play where they've won how many Spencer in a row? Ah, six. Six in a row. Great conference wins. That is correct. Uh, they will play Thursday, Friday, Saturday against Pepperdine, but tonight, crosstown rival, UVU in Orb. You can listen to the Batcats, 8 p.m. Eastern time on BYU Radio. This just in, BYU softball has jumped up two spots in the latest USA Today coaches poll from number 22 to number 20. The 20th-ranked Cougs have three wins over ranked opponents, Washington, Georgia, and Utah. They've won six straight. This team can do special things with the pitching they have, Jason, led by the West Coast Conference Pitcher of the Year, 
at least I'm projecting that, McKenna Bull. <laughs> I, uh, I'm feeling pretty good about that prediction, actually. <laughs> Why? Because she wins Pitcher of the Week just about every week? Because we've named the Pitcher of the Week honor in honor of the, her. The McKenna Bull Pitcher yes, of the Week award. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't she win Pitcher of the Year? <laughs> Our Twitter question today, dealing with BYU football. What are the pros and cons of BYU playing an annual football game in Las Vegas? Some of you may be saying... Again, I just don't see any cons to this. If you missed our conversation off the top of the show, there are some things to think about. This isn't a 100% perfect fit, no con situation. We went through all of that. You can download the podcast to hear our conversation. At BF Webster says, Pro, great chance for BYU fans in Southern Utah, Arizona, and Nevada, Southern California, to see BYU play live. Cons, getting a quality opponent. If ESPN's involved... I don't think that there will be any qualms or issues getting a quality opponent because it's an NFL stadium in Vegas. Well, and I, I don't think BYU does it if it's not a quality opponent. You know what I mean? Which is why I don't think it will be consistently a Mountain West Conference opponent unless it's the hometown team, UNLV. That's, I mean, that's, that's just my opinion. Let's find out some more. Perhaps SB Nation senior reporter Stephen Godfrey, the man who floated this article out there and this idea after a conversation he had with the Pac-12 athletic director, can enlighten us. Stephen, great to have you on the show. Thanks for the time, man. Thanks for having me. How are you all doing? Fantastic. We like the idea of BYU playing annually in NFL stadiums, and why not Las Vegas when it's roughly a five- to six-hour drive for most fans from north northern Utah. But what type of impact do you expect the new Raiders stadium to have in terms of not just BYU football scheduling but college football scheduling overall? Well, the trend has, has not slowed down at all of transitioning neutral site. What, what we, we call them one-off games, but it's really just, you know, you look at like Alabama and Florida State playing in the Chick-fil-A kickoff. That's a game that doesn't happen if you have to schedule a home-and-home series because of the logistics involved. So those showcase one-off games have become very popular in the playoff era basically because people are trying to build uh, strength of schedule. They're very lucrative for third-party organizers to get behind. Sometimes it's the NFL teams themselves. It just depends on how it's structured. Vegas makes perfect sense. It's going to be a brand-new stadium. It's a tourist destination, naturally. Um, and as far as the Pac-12 side of this, they have really lacked a – you know, a city where they can plant their flag in the in the ground in football, especially for the championship game. So when I started talking to people in and around the league and the different schools, I initially started the conversation there. They've struggled really, uh, re- they've struggled mightily to get people into Santa Clara at the 49ers stadium. And I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it is in no way, shape, or form near San Francisco. Oh, no. Levi Stadium is not cutting it for the Pac-12. Yeah. I, I did a game. I, I did a game there three or four years ago. It was just a Friday night game for Cal and Oregon, and it was a mess. I mean, it just—it's a beautiful stadium. It's just not something that you. Oh, if you're a Washington fan, or if you're an Arizona fan, and you get five days notice, you want to go to the championship game. It's hard to get into. It's very expensive. It doesn't work. Vegas solves all those problems immediately, and it's definitely within the the, the Pac-12 footprint. And so, through those conversations about that league. BYU just sort of came up organically in conversation, mainly because when you talk about Vegas, um, a lot of people in in the industry of college football talk about how well BYU does there. Obviously, there's a cultural stigma for people who don't understand, but it has it's just it's exactly what you guys have said. It's population numbers. It's a very easy drivable event. Uh, I mean, the thing that's always fascinated me covering college football is how well you can put a game anywhere and BYU is going to, going to show up and they're going to be an economic factor. 
So it's been very interesting to watch these independent schedules come together. I think schools who figure that out benefit greatly from it when they know how to utilize BYU as a visiting team. That leads perfect into my next question. How many college football programs do you think could pull off an annual game in Vegas like BYU could? Oh, the, the, um, so UNLV will be a tenant there, essentially. I, we don't know the specifics of the agreement with the Raiders, but I have to assume it's going to be friendly to them. I think that was probably one of the things that kind of greased the wheels in terms of getting this done, was that UNLV would benefit from it. It won't be a situation where they're, they're probably straight up renting it. So let's not count them. Um, maybe a couple powers in the West. And when you get to a certain level, you know, BYU is extremely unique. Y'all know that. Uh, Notre Dame, extremely unique. But if you're a power in the, in the Pac-12, I don't know if you want to put a regular game in Vegas and lose the home gate at back at your stadium. Um, again, because of the, the, the LDS population and the fan base of BYU, you move around as much as you can to facilitate a national brand. So I think the answer is none. I don't know if you would move one of your home games or, or create a Red River kind of Texas-Oklahoma thing there every single year, you wouldn't do it in the Pac-12 because all indications, everything, every single person that I talked to said we are going to get this game somehow to Vegas, the championship game. So you don't want to double up in a single season. So I, I guess BYU is the only school that could do it. Do you th- – I mean, and, and you were talking about you know giving up home games. Is it your understanding that this would have to take the place of a home game? For BYU, like for, for is this something that no? This for the BYU side of things, is this not something BYU could do in addition to their full oh, schedule of home games? Yeah, absolutely. Again, well, when you're an independent, you have the flexibility is endless. You get to be creative. Now, BYU's been stymied on the on the later end, on the back end of their schedule because most of the opponents they want to have what you saw in 2016. I actually have the schedule pulled up in front of me. I talked about this extensively as the 15th season ended, proving you know they went through a coaching change. There's personnel issues that happened during a coaching change. Obviously, you change philosophy and scheme. They weren't necessarily going to be ready to make that national run where BYU, I think BYU wants the program to be. But in terms of scheduling as an independent, it doesn't get much better because you don't get the luxury of having those built-ins that Notre Dame enjoys, right? I mean, you just run down the schedule real fast. I know Michigan State had a bad season, but when you look, when you hand someone a sheet that says Arizona, West Virginia, Mississippi State, Michigan State, Boise State, Cincinnati is another perennial team. I was a team that was considered a Big 12 expansion. That's a good schedule. And then you fill that out with sort of whatever you can get on the back end. Um, it's, it's always going to be tough for BYU, but you can pull off a lot of different things. But my question, and y'all would probably know this better than I, I know the Pac-12 is particular about how they structure things. I don't know if you move the Utah game to, to Las Vegas. I don't think you need to do that. I think you keep that where it is. I don't know if you can get another Pac-12 team in after, let's say, I don't know, Halloween, hypothetically, uh, to go to Vegas. So I think if you do this game in Las Vegas, I think you do it probably within the first six weeks of the season. And you, I, I heard you coming in from the break. I think you have to lure a Power 5 team here for a number of reasons, one of which is financial. It's not cheap to do these games. I think you would need a ticket draw to help. I'm obviously BYU is going to take care of their end of business, but I covered the Missouri game in Kansas City a couple of years ago. That's a good example. You would want a team that's going to bring 10,000, 12,000, and fan bases tend to do that. Just 80s have told me this for years. 
they will get behind a special event game like that earlier in the season for a lot of different reasons. It's just harder to sell a, a package, a trip to a fan base if they happen to be four and four, three and five. So I, I think this happens maybe September, early October if it happens. Absolutely. 100% agree with you uh, on that uh, level of thinking. SB Nation senior reporter Stephen Godfrey with us. Follow him at 38 Godfrey, co host of the podcast Ain't Played Nobody. Is there any chance that Las Vegas tries to lure in a Big 12 team from, I don't know, West Texas, like Texas Tech or maybe Baylor, a team like that. Is there any opportunity there, do you think, for ESPN to do that with BYU or a Pac-12, Big 12 showdown in Vegas? Uh, yeah, I think I think Vegas will become a neutral site destination that has not anything to do with BYU as well. I think they will try and create a Labor Day matchup. Now, could BYU be that Labor Day matchup every year? It's possible, but I do think they would rotate them out. I think what the situation, if I'm Vegas, this is an ideal situation to maximize revenue. You look at what AT&T Stadium has done in Dallas or in Arlington. Uh, I think I want to say BYU... Wasn't BYU Oklahoma one of the first college football games? Was not the one first. Of the first. He was yeah, it was the game. first. Right. right. And yeah, the Cougars won that game. Yeah. Uh, I think you look at a situation where you get a Labor Day mega matchup, top five teams, right? So this year they have I think Michigan and Florida, last year with Alabama and USC. And then I think because of again, BYU's an independent, they're a little bit more flexible. I slot them in again, maybe closer to October and create a second game because that's what they do at Jerry World. You have Arkansas and A&M. They play that game every year at AT&T Stadium, and then so does Texas Tech and Baylor. I think you can, you can fit three or four mega games because it's not like you're exhausting the local population. These are destination events. Um, it, it's, there are so many questions that you, you can develop around BYU because they're an independent with no real footing, you know, and because the only, other, the only comparison we can make if we want to assume that BYU is trying to operate and act as if a true Power 5 program, there's no comparison to make because Notre Dame is such a unique situation. So I can't sit here and tell you it would be X, but I do think that as long as the conferences are letting BYU count as a Power 5 non-conference opponent, and it's sort of ludicrous not to, uh, I think people have come around on that. After uh, I know that was an issue a couple years ago. I think people have come around. If they acquit, the, hey, here's a great example. Let, let's acquit ourselves well in Houston against LSU. I'm not saying they have to win, but you go out there and you make a statement and you show that you can hang with one of the most talented rosters in college football. I think that's going to attract a lot of interest. And then and that's when you bring in, hey, why don't you come to Vegas in 2020 or 2022? Stephen Godfrey of SB Nation with us on BYU Sports Nation. Great insight. Uh, we appreciate the time. And whenever you're covering BYU, we will surely find you, my friend. Absolutely. Well, thank y'all for having me. You got it. The senior reporter for SB Nation and co-host of the podcast Ain't Played Nobody, Stephen Godfrey. He's the guy that wrote the article. And to him, it feels like BYU is a no-brainer, not so much on an annual basis. That was more played off of what the Pac-12 athletic director said to him. Right. But the more that I talk to him, it just... Yeah, I think Vegas is going to have a couple of games annually, and BYU might be one of those, but I don't, I don't think it's going to happen on an annual basis. Yeah, well, I mean, and he mentioned, you know, if there's any, if there's any team that could pull it off, it's BYU. It's BYU. But I just don't think it will happen on an annual basis because BYU's draw is to other – they have draw to other stadiums, right? Right. In Houston, in Washington, D.C., 
I mean, there there are other neutral sites that BYU in Arizona for crying out loud. Opportunities for BYU without Wayne. Opportunities across this country to be able to play anywhere and have people show up. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, the fastest man on campus, BYU's Usain Bolt to tend to Suma. But first, we go between the lines with Lauren Franken. She's pretty fast too. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. We just spoke with Stephen Godfrey about BYU's chances of playing annually in Las Vegas at the new home of the Las Vegas Raiders. What is the likelihood of that happening, and who would BYU play against, and how much is Vegas going to become a destination hotspot for college football in general. Really interesting stuff. Yeah, really interesting stuff. You're going to want to check that out. Number three, men's volleyball host number nine, Stanford, on Saturday in the MPSF quarterfinals. You can catch the match on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Refreshing today's BYUSN headlines, starting with game day for BYU baseball. The Cougars in Orem at Utah Valley. They make the five-minute drive <laughs> to take on the Wolverines. Jordan Wood gets the start on the mound tonight for BYU head coach Mike Littlewood talked about the importance of playing and winning in-state games. Well, bragging rights, in-state rights, uh, recruiting rights, I mean, all that stuff. Uh, if, if you don't think the Utah and Utah Valley series are important, then you probably shouldn't be doing this job. BYU-Utah Valley on BYU Radio at 8 p.m. Eastern. The softball team moves up two spots in this week's coaches poll for number 22 to number 20. Cougars have an in-state road game today as well. They will be in Cedar City taking on Southern Utah at 4 p.m. Eastern. BYU men's volleyball still third in the latest AVCA coaches poll. They host ninth-ranked Stanford in the MPSF quarterfinals on Saturday night at 9 Eastern. The match, of course, televised, but you can listen to it on BYU radio as well. BYU women's volleyball setter Alohi Robbins-Hardy has been selected to compete as part of the U.S. Women's Collegiate National Team Europe Tour. Congratulations to her. A few weeks ago, the annual Y Awards went down. Jerem Jordan in his cobalt blue tuxedo jacket stole the show. It was That was tight. And I don't mean like, like tight. <laughs> I mean like I liked it. <laughs> Is tight still a word that you can say like, that was tight. If man. it's not, please don't tweet at me saying that it's not. <laughs> <laughs> now, second in line behind the Cobalt Blue was perhaps the assistant coach of the year, Diljeet Taylor of BYU Track and Field. Now, a lot goes into being given such an accolade and you know the mojo that goes along with it, and she has plenty of it. So for more on that and what it really takes to win an award like that, let's go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents... Between the Lines. Jason, I never want to hear you say tight again. Tight! In a segment called In Sync, not the boy band Spencer, I apologize, we put Diljeet on the hot seat to see just how good of a connection she has with her girls. Ready? Yeah! yeah. <laughs> Let's do this. Name a team in your conference. Three, two, one. Portland. San Francisco. Portland. Francisco. Portland. Two more. Portland. Francisco. Oh. <laughs> one more. Three, two, one. San Francisco! Yeah. <laughs> Disney Princess. Three, two, one. Rapunzel. She's <laughs> Three, two, one. Jasmine. Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Name a planet. Three, two, one. Mars. 
<laughs> you have one job! Saturn! Mars! Neptune! Venus! Saturn! Oh my goodness! Do you think you could beat your girls in an event? No! <laughs> in the past! Yes. In the past! No! Not even then! Name a track accessory. Three, two, one. Bikes! What is Diljeet's spirit animal? Three, two, one. Cheetah. What? Why cheetah? Oh, lion! I don't know. What? You have to get that. Okay, okay. We're at BYU. Three, two, one. Cougar. Cougar. What are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. Read the map over here. What is Diljeet's favorite word to say? You know, you know this one. You always say it. That's the only one you ever say. He knows me better than I know me. Name a cereal. Three, two, one. Honey Nut Cheerios. Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms. You got to feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Frosted Flakes. Raisin Bread. Three, two, one. Cheerios. Name a famous female track star. Three, two, one. Brenda Martinez! <laughs> Aside from the questions today, usually I feel like we're pretty in sync. I love that it ended like this. Yeah. Two things that I learned about Diljeet is she has an amazing personality and she's a phenomenal coach and the girls love her. So thanks to everyone who participated. Make sure you join us next week for a segment with the softball team called Say What? And follow us on Twitter at BYU underscore BTL using the hashtag BYUBTL. I'm a little concerned about the in syncness of the relay teams after that little exercise we I pulled know, off. Hey, I know. That segment was tight, though. <laughs> no, Jace, get out. Get out. Stop. <laughs> no, they, we even had a little, I don't know if you noticed, a little baton. You uh-huh, know, they were uh-huh, trying to... Uh-huh. We have one up here. Yes. The karma. Yes. We have a BYU baton. No, no, not oh, that yeah, one, Jason. Come on, do you, even, lights up. do you even track and field? Come on. Jason is struggling today. <laughs> I wanted the one that lit up. It's, it's not... Kind of looks. <laughs> yeah, no, they were awesome, though. They... Dilji is hilarious. That was my first time being able to talk with her and, and chat with her, and she's hilarious. Yeah, her, And I thought she was one of the players. I'm not going to lie to you. One of the runners. Well, yeah, she could pull it off, right? Her yeah. athletes are very outspoken about what she brings to the table. So Yeah, she's phenomenal. Good stuff. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you, guys. We look forward to Out of Sync next week. <laughs> I love – I don't know. Let me tell you, you. You throw in the triumphant music and slow-mo. Da, 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 da. <laughs> that, was, that was my favorite part. I love that. <laughs> really good stuff. <laughs> Between the Lines on BYU Sports Nation, one of our favorite parts of the week. A Tuesday tradition unlike any other. What are the pros and cons of BYU playing an annual football game in Las Vegas? More of your tweets on the way. Also, the Cougar Whip Around and the fastest man on campus. Tatenda Sumba! This is BYU Sports Nation. Martin's Collision Repair. The right repair, the right paint, the right choice. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard hanging out in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. You know what else you should do tonight at roughly 6 p.m. Mountain? Uh, You should uh, check out BYU baseball. Taking on UVU tonight in Orem. The long drive from Provo to Orem. Listen to the Bad Cats, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, as Spencer just mentioned, on BYU Radio. Twitter question today. What are the pros and cons of BYU football playing an annual game in Las Vegas? We think, with ESPN's help and the NFL's cooperation at the new home of the Las Vegas Raiders. At Cougar Bell tweets in, pros, NFL stadium with power five opponents. Cons, Vegas Bowl loses some of its draw if BYU has already been there. I don't know that BYU and the Las Vegas Bowl are going to happen very often anymore. The 2015 situation was very unique yes. with Utah, and that was amazing in and of itself with that matchup and the buildup there. But BYU and the Vegas Bowl have zero ties. Well, and if, and if BYU is negotiating to get games in there, not having bowl tie-ins is probably part of that so that you don't run into that where you have multiple games in the same year at the same stadium. And if BYU had to play two games a year in Las Vegas, would it really be the worst thing playing twice a year in an NFL stadium? Well, and it's not like it would happen. Like, let's say if it's a six-year deal, it's not going to happen all six years, you know what I mean? Or you wouldn't expect it to. Yeah, we've got some time to think about that. But not enough time to catch up with the fastest man. On campus at BYU, Tatenda Sumba of Men's Track and Field. Welcome back to Studio B. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We haven't talked to you since you visited us before you went to the Olympics and represented uh, Zimbabwe. So let's start there. What did the Olympics mean to you? What was that experience like for you? It was a very good experience for me. Eye-opening. I had so much fun there, and I learned a lot. What was your favorite moment? Just me and the people I met, uh, Tony Parker, so that was, that was a highlight of it. Oh, you're a big <laughs> basketball fan, right? Yeah, I am, I am. You met Tony Parker. What was that yeah. conversation like? Uh, just, hey, can I take a picture with you? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. He was sitting by himself eating alone, which is something that is not usual, I guess. So. Oh, sure, yeah. Tony Parker just, uh, hey, loser over there. <laughs> yeah, you walk so. up like this. <laughs> <laughs> really cool. What are your future plans in terms of the Olympics? Uh I haven't been thinking a lot about it, uh, just because I have school and things to concentrate on right now. So I'm looking to get a job first. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's first. that part of it too, right? Yeah. So I just I'm keeping it open to be precise. Now, what kind of job opportunities will you have in terms of your God-given talent to run really fast? Like, is is that something you could turn into a professional career? Yeah, that's that's an open book. We can go into there, or we could. Use my degree, which I'm working on. I'm an econ major, so I'm working on that. So, either way, it's still I'm still open to it. Either one. You are studying economics. Yeah. Not the easiest subject. <laughs> <laughs> Period. No, but no. especially at BYU, what? Why? What is it about uh, econ that that kind of piques your interest? I just took one of the classes, and I felt like it was for me. I mean, it's not easy doing it since we travel a lot, but. I do what I have to do. Yeah, and there's that factor, too. You're traveling all over the country yeah. doing econ homework. Oh, man. On well, the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> one, of those, Wi-Fi. one of those places that you traveled to, you were at the Stanford Invitational a couple weeks ago, and you ran a 10.19100 meters, and that put you sixth place all time at BYU. What does it mean to you to continue to climb up the record books? It's, 
it makes me set bigger goals for myself. Every time I go up there, I want to be the guy that's at the top. I want if one one day my kids are to come and they see my name on on the board, it will be something for them to aim for as well. So it's great to be going up all the time. Ten point one nine, and there was no wind. That no was wind. very specific. <laughs> Not wind aided. Compare that to a ten point one eight in Texas that was wind aided. So. I mean, one one-hundredth of a second, how much of a difference does the wind really make for you mentally and physically it's, when you're running a race? It's a lot. You'd be surprised. It's actually a lot. But then the hundred, like everything has to go according to plan. Otherwise, it doesn't uh, work out. So the wind does the, have an uh, effect on it. There's a very small window and margin of error because it's only a hundred Yeah, it's meters, only a right? few yeah. seconds. Actually, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> 10.19, you said that's helping you reach for bigger goals. What, what are your goals in the 100 and the 200 right now? I guess now me and my coach were looking into breaking uh, 10, 10 seconds. So wow. Working on that one, see how that goes. You have the, the Mount Sac relays coming up. I mean, what, what are you looking to accomplish heading into that? Uh, I like to take each race so each week as it comes. So I don't want to like have all these big goals here now. Uh, we have the BYU meet coming up in a few weeks, so that's my first target. And then after that, we'll see where that takes me. What's your favorite track to run on as an athlete in college? The home track. Yeah. <laughs> just because I wake up in my bed and then I just walk to the track, so <laughs> I don't have to worry about traveling, everything, so it takes the stress out of it. You know, for, for those who compete in individual events as well as team events, how does your mentality change going from you know, running by yourself and then taking part in a relay? You just have to be a leader. Like uh, if I'm the captain, I have to bring all the people together and say, hey, we can actually do this. So let's go out and do what we can do and get this result. I'm always fascinated by the fashion and especially the spikes <laughs> that track athletes wear. Do you, have, do you have a favorite pair of, of spikes, a favorite yeah. color that you like to rock? Okay, I'm not sh- so sure about the color. Right now I'm bright yellow spikes. I don't like the color. <laughs> but I do like the superflies. I'm in superflies right now, and they're awesome. They're really light, and then they just do the job. Do you feel faster when you put them on? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can tell. You can what is the tell. fastest color? The, I don't think there's a fast. Yeah, but you can look fast <laughs> in a color, right? I mean, it's one of course, thing I guess to for look him. Fast. He's looking fast in any color. Yes, yes. It's, diff- it's one thing to look fast and to actually run fast. <laughs> See, I can look fast. Yeah, you are actually fast. So, but I don't look fast. But I can <laughs> run fast. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like the skinny dude. You know, I'm not. I'm just there looking at everybody on the line. I'm like, uh, I'm winning this race. <laughs> <laughs> at what point in your life did you realize? I'm really fast. Like, when did you first think, I'm, I'm faster than everybody? Uh, I think now at college level, it's different because now everybody's fast. So it's, it's back in high school, was, talent could get you away with everything. You, even without warming up, I could go into a race and say, oh, I have a good chance of coming third or first in that race. But then now everybody has the talent, so you have to put in extra work. So now... With the times that are coming up now, I feel like, okay, maybe this is something that I can really pursue. You have already qualified for NCAA regionals. Yeah. So does, do you like having that locked up early, or does it take some of the edge away? Oh, yes, because since I'm done with that, now I can concentrate on my finals coming up next week, and I have no stress about that. So that obviously relieves a lot of pressure. Yeah, we keep going back to that whole econ thing, right? <laughs> 
Because there's that factor too. Yeah. Do, you, do you want to be my tutor? <laughs> no, not if you want good I, grades. I just, you can be. You can be my econ tutor. Okay, okay. I have zero experience. Right. Um, let's finish with this. You're obviously really talented in a number of events, but what is your favorite race to run? Whether it be a relay or an individual, what, what's your favorite? What do you get hyped up for? I used to get hyped for the 200, but then now the 100 is just there for me. It's, I guess it's because it's working out for me the most, so I kind of tend to it to, to be my savior. Sometimes I say, okay, the 100 is my little baby that I can treasure. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoy the 100. Well, take, this as far as this season that. goes, I'm nurture that, that baby, right? <laughs> I do. <laughs> Good stuff, Tatenda. It's uh, always great to talk to you. We wish you the best of luck moving forward. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma, so you can go and uh, run just a little bit faster. Maybe the wind will be in your favor. I don't know. Hopefully, <laughs> to help you nurture even more. Anything I can um, use. <laughs> but uh, it's great to talk to you as always. Great to talk to you too. Tatenda Sumba, Olympian of Zimbabwe and the fastest man at BYU. In Studio B, what are the pros and cons of BYU playing an annual football game in Las Vegas? How long would it take to tend to run there, I wonder? Probably a lot faster than us driving. <laughs> <laughs> it's Especially if he's wearing a fast color. It's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> that guy can wear brown and, lo- and be fast, okay? I mean, seriously, like, put him in whatever color. He's fast. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, the Cougar Whip Around gets you caught up to date. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. A huge thanks to today's guest, Stephen Godfrey of SB Nation and Tatenda Sumba, the fastest man on campus at BYU. Yeah, coming up on tomorrow's BYU Sports Nation, how about BYU baseball head coach Mike Littlewood? Yes, always good to get the man in studio. Yes. My wife's BYU sports crush. <laughs> She loves me saying that every time. Yeah, you'll hear about that later. (laughs) It's time. The results are in. And that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. On yesterday's program, we threw out a uh, poll question. Which countdown music do you prefer? I am very, very happy to report the old music. One going away. 61%. To just 39% for the new music. Which brings us to this. Hit it! Countdown to the Viking. 137. It's like, ah, it's like coming home. Yeah. But the thing is, we can't keep doing it every day or else people will get bored of it. So we need to like... No, 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 no. We need to keep it special by not doing it every day. Is this like the BYU playing every year in Vegas? Yes, I'm afraid it'll get stale. The people have spoken. <laughs> yes, they prefer the Soundly old Soundly saying they like yes, the old music. They prefer the old music to the new music. We've already determined the countdown is here to stay. Whatever. It's now here to stay with the old music. Let's just whip it, okay? It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Baseball. It's game day for the Bad Cats as the Cougars travel to UVU to face the Wolverines. Jordan Wood will get the start tonight for BYU. You can watch the Cougars and Wolverines on, excuse me, you can listen to the Cougars and Wolverines on BYU Radio at 8 Eastern Time. Softball. Moved up two spots in this week's coaches poll to number 20. The Cougars have an in-state road game as well today. They take on Southern Utah and Cedar City at 4 Eastern. Volleyball. Men's volleyball remains third in the latest AVCA coaches poll. They will host ninth-ranked Stanford in the MPSF quarterfinals this Saturday. 
Saturday's quarterfinal can be seen on BYU TV and heard on BYU Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern. BYU women's volleyball setter Alohi Robbins-Hardy selected to compete as part of the U.S. Women's Collegiate National Team Europe Tour. Robbins-Hardy, one of just 11 players selected for the CNT Europe squad and will compete in the 13th Annual European Global Challenge July 11th through the 14th. She'll join us on the show on Friday. Cougars in the draft. Bleacher reports Matt Miller reports Harvey Longy as the 22nd best linebacker prospect in this year's NFL draft. He has him as a sixth round projection. Two Men's draft basketball. Picks. Two draft picks for BYU. I love Gonna it. Happen. SB Nation's Mid-Major Madness has three WCC teams in the top five of their way-too-early power rankings. BYU at number five, St. Mary's number two, and the Zags, no surprise, top the power rankings. Soccer. Ashley Hatch was named to North, the North Carolina Courage's 20-player roster. Congratulations to her. Hatch is one of two rookies to make the roster. The Courage's first game of the season is April 15th. Golf. BYU currently first at the Ping Cougar Classic at 11 under par as the team. Patrick Fishburn and Peter Quest are tied for fifth at four under par. The final round played today. BYU is third at the Dale McNamara Invitational after two rounds. Rose Hong leads the Cougars at five over par, tied for fourth. The third and fourth round of the Invitational will be played today. There are three ranked teams on campus at BYU. BYU Women's Golf, we just talked about Rose Hong and company. BYU Softball and BYU Men's Volleyball. Congratulations to all of the teams for their success thus far. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Jason? How about uh, the rise and shout for Aloe Robbins-Hardy? Team USA, congratulations to her. What a great accomplishment. Yeah, well-deserved. What are the pros and cons of BYU playing an annual football game in Las Vegas? At our greenhouse tweets in pro. Me going to Vegas once a year in an NFL stadium. Con, a lot further away and means probably one less home game a year. No, BYU will have six home games a year, whether they play in Vegas annually or not. It's going to happen. Tom Homo will make that happen. Yeah, the elite tweet of the day, at Jelly Belly Kelly. Pro NFL Stadium local fans will show up in droves. Cons, likely less national exposure than using the game to play elsewhere. Well, that's to be determined. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout out to the Godfrey family. And I'm looking at Camry.